God is good <clears throat> all the time, obviously, and all the time God is good. <clears throat> praise God. Praise God. I want to just start out by saying, do you have an open prayer that's out there? Is there something that you are praying and hoping for? Well, do you dare, do you dare to imagine that what God said he will do for you is true and real? Do you dare to, be, dare to believe that what he said is his will for you? Do you believe that this is an actual will and that it's real? And that his, his will in your life can indeed come to pass. The things that he says will happen will indeed come to happen. Should we as Christians use our imaginations? Now, when we say imaginations, right away we start thinking about occultic practices and all sorts of, uh, you know, hypnosis or, you know, transcendental meditation and so forth. But should we as Christians use our imaginations? Should we dream? Should we dream of our prayers being answered? If you actually dream about our prayers being answered, what should we do? Let's start by going to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. Should we be using our imaginations? Should we have dreams of the things that we want to come to reality? Now, be this a dream that actually happens at nighttime when you're sleeping, or should this be a dream in terms of, you know, um, you know, I don't know, my dream house, my dream car, my dream job or something. Something that you are imagining and something that you're praying for actually happen. Should we as Christians dream? Well, Joel chapter 2, starting with verse number 25. Go to verse, verse number 25. And he says, he starts it by saying here, And I will restore to you. The years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. When it says here that I will store to you the years that the locust has eaten, you know, these are the things that we, we lost. Either opportunities that we lost or money that we lost or something that just went wrong that we lost. And it, it was a defeat for us. Or it wasn't it wasn't a victory, but it was something that was taken away. I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. Verse 26. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Underline and that I am the Lord your God, that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Now, this scripture here, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirits, my spirit. So underline there, please, your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I will also pour um, upon the servants and handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirits. So he's saying here that it shall come to pass after that God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Well, guess what? You are indeed all flesh and you're certainly a child of God. And he talks about here. He says here about dreaming dreams. Are you bold enough to dream? Are you really bold enough to dream? It's one thing to dream, but it is an entirely different thing to see your dream become a reality. Children have a way of dreaming big. And even in their daydreaming, they can create a world where they can be anyone they want to be. Children have that wonderful facility where they can just dream and become anything. You know, um, you know, my daughter-in-law sent me a picture of my, two of my grandkids uh, who were pretending to be uh, 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 spies or something. And they were spying on their little brother. And they had these towels or blankets wrapped around them. I and mean, they had gone into this fantasy world where they were dreaming. Okay. We, as we become adults, we lose that capacity to dream, even for the things that we really want in our lives. Okay. Children can have the wildest imaginations. Their imaginations can also take them into a world filled with joy to a world where they are in charge and feel safe. Some poor children who are really badly mistreated. 
We've been abused. Many times those young children wind up growing up sometimes with, with difficulties in their psyches. Because during those times of abuse, they managed to escape in their minds to a place of safety. Dreams. Imagination. Remember that God gives us dreams in order that we may know and see hope for our future. He gives us these dreams so we have hope for our future. And again, these could be dreams while you're sleeping or they could be waking dreams or visions. But dreams also come, but dreams also become fuel to keep you going forward while things materialize in the real world. While we are waiting to, 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 for things to happen, these dreams become fuel, but you have to hold on to that fuel. You have to hold on to that dream, even when things seem to be working against that dream. Okay? If you've got a dream for something that you're praying for and you can envision what it looks like when things don't go your way, you cannot lose sight of that dream. You have to hold on to that tight imagination. The enemy will plant what I call dream killers. The enemy will plant dream killers along the way to discourage you and to encourage you to give up. But regardless of that, you, you can't blame those people or those circumstances. Dream killers will come your way, but you can't blame the people or the circumstances. Sometimes when people are involved in being dream killers, they have no idea that, uh, um, they have no idea what, what, what they're doing. They have no idea even that they're, they're doing things that are, are in essence trying to set your back. Just pray for those people. Pray against those circumstances. But once you have that dream, the devil's not going to be satisfied with you having a dream because that will keep you locked into God. It won't, it won't destroy your energy. The, God, God, uh, the devil does not want to see you enjoying a future. The devil does not enjoy seeing you relishing, oh boy, I can't wait until this materializes. I can just envision what's going to happen. So he'll send dream killers along the way. Now you remember Joseph in the Bible. God showed Joseph the final outcome of his life in a dream. Okay? But understand this. God did not really at the time, though, tell Joseph much about the journey along the way. All right? God told him where he was going to be and what was going to be happening in his life. But God did not spell out the journey. All right? And this is what we see happening with us many times. But let's take a look at Joseph here because this is indeed it's a good, it's a good lesson. Let's go to the, uh, the book of Genesis. Book of Genesis, 37. Genesis 37. We're going to look at the story of Joseph, and we're going to see where his, where his dream started. Like I said, God gave him the dream, but he did not spell out exactly what was going to be happening along the way. 37, and we're going to start with verse number 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. Please underline, they hated him. They hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. They had nothing nice to say to him. Okay, they hated him because they knew that the father loved him more than them. Verse number five says, and Joseph dreamed a dream. Underline that. This is where it starts. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren, and they hated him the more. Okay, underline that. They hate, he told it to his brethren, and they hated him the more. Now, these are, his, these are his brothers. Joseph had a dream, and he told them about it. And as a result of him sharing their dream, his family started hating him. Hating him. Verse number six says, And he said unto them, Hear, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, now he's telling him the dream. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obedience to my sheaf. So you can put a bracket around that paragraph. What he's saying there is that in this dream, they were binding sheaves in the field. You know, I guess you could think of that as like sheaves of wheat or something. Okay. And, uh, and, and his sheaf, 
stood up, stood straight up. And the sheaves that belonged to the brethren, to his brothers, bowed down. Obedience is to bow down. So his sheaves stood up and the brothers' sheaves bowed down to him. Verse, or to his sheaf, verse number eight. And his brethren said to him, shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Underline that, please. Hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. So he told them and shared what God had showed him in his dream. And, right, and they hated him even more. He said, what, you mean to say we're going to bow down to you? You know, the thought of him, you know, them bowing down to him. They didn't like that prophet. They already hated him as it was. And then for him to have dominion over them. All right. Then it goes on and says in verse number nine. And he dreamed yet another dream. And told it to his brethren. Underline, dreamed another dream and told it to his brethren. He dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obedience to me. In other words, the sun and the moon bowed down and eleven stars bowed down to me, made obedience to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? Underline that, please. Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Underline that, too. His, his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. So while his, his brothers envied him, and obviously they were getting annoyed, the father observed the saying. In other words, the father said, hmm, what is this he's talking about? Okay. He didn't just quite dismiss it. He said he observed it. Okay. What is this he's talking about? Verse number 11. Um, verse number 12, rather. Sorry. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here I am. And he said, he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and with the flocks, and bring me word again. So go, go see what's happening and let me know how they're doing with the sheep, or the flock anyway. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he, and, uh, he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Underline, Behold, this dreamer cometh. So here from afar they saw him coming. And right away now, okay, this envy started rising up again. And they actually now it's gotten to the point where they, where they started conspiring to kill him, to kill Joseph. And then it says there, Behold, this dreamer cometh. So it didn't say, like, let's kill him because he's a rotten dude or this or that or the other. Kill him because this dreamer cometh. And they know what his dream meant or what his dream said. Verse number 20 goes on to say, come now, therefore, and let us slay him. Okay, underline that, please. Let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast has devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Now, here you see this was extreme family jealousy. This is their brother. Yes, so now they're conspiring. Let us kill him. Okay. And then we will see, we, we will see what, what will become of his dreams. That's all this is about. It's his dreams. It, it's about the fact that in his dream, he was going to become over them, that they were going, they were going to bow down to him. Okay. And they had no, no way of even beginning to understand that, that gee whiz, maybe this is God. Maybe something good is going to come out of it. There's just so much hatred for his success. So they actually were conspiring because of this jealousy. Okay. But then Reuben in verse number 21 says, and Reuben heard it and he did, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Underline, please. Let us not kill him. Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. So now he's got another plan. Let's not kill him. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him into a pit. 
And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors, and was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. Underline, cast him into a pit. They took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Okay? So here these brothers now, they decide, let's not kill him. Reuben has the brilliant idea, let's just grab him and throw him into a pit. Then in 24, this says, and they took him and cast him into a pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. 25. And they sat down to eat bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And after they did all this, they actually sat down and ate to eat bread. How cold can you get? Verse 26. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. So, okay, so that's cool now, right? Reuben's got this great idea. Let's not kill him. Let's just grab him and sell him to a bus, sell him as a slave to the Ishmaelites, all right? I mean, that's a better deal. This is our brother. Not kill him, but sell him to the Ishmaelites, all right, as a slave. Let out, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and the brethren were content. Okay, they're happy with that. Then we see here... Well, well, let me let me just let me just pause there for a moment. OK, um, you, you see here with Joseph, how his brothers were so angry to the extent that to the extent that they actually hated him. Today, we still have circumstances and jealousy and anger among family members, friends, peers and co-workers. How this can apply to us today is how we even share the dream. OK. Alrighty. We will have the same with his family, his brothers and things came against him because he shared their dream. Sometimes we need to be careful about sharing our dreams because what God writes in this word, God gives us this whole event, this whole series of events here to show us a lesson, to show us, show us, to show us how, how human beings can be. Many times people don't want to hear of our dreams. They don't want to hear of our successes. They don't always share the same things or they have the same feelings towards us. The enemy thrives on bringing distractions like jealousy and hatred in order for the, for the believer to give up their God dream. You see? If the, you see, and this is the devil behind this whole thing that's orchestrating this. Joseph had this dream. If he can use his family to pervert that dream and to kill it, then, then, then he'll be getting his way. Well, the same thing happens to us. Okay, if those jealousies are there, whatever reasons and whatnot, they can they can try to to steal that that uh, God dream from us to kill it, kill it. It is very important for us to be mindful of who we are sharing our dreams with, because not everyone is willing to celebrate with us. Not everyone is willing to celebrate the same things that we're celebrating. God had a great plan for Joseph's life and God reiterated his plan by giving Joseph this recurring dream that one day his family would bow down to him. Now, that didn't sit very well with them, obviously, as we said before. So let me just say that if you keep having a dream or a vision that seems to be similar every time, it may be a sign that God is showing you plans for the future. If you have a dream that is recurring, it could be something where the God is showing you that there's a, this is part of your plan for the future. Now, this could be a dream. It could be a, a night dream. It could be a vision. It could be an unction of Holy Spirit that you feel in you where God is saying, this is where I want to promote you to. This is where I want you to excel. And it's a, it's a thing that keeps coming up over and over again. Perhaps God is indeed trying to show you some plans for your future. And when you get those dreams, when you get those unctions from the Holy Spirit, when you get these uh, visions or however God may be speaking to you, just be careful about who you share it with at that time. Because while it may be a joyful thing for you, those that are around you or to whom you are sharing this dream or this vision or this unction of Holy Spirit may not be as happy about that as you think they are. Now, these were Joseph's brethren. These were his brothers, his father. Okay? And all he did was tell them what God showed. They didn't stop to stop and think about, well, gee whiz, you know, if we are bowing down to Joseph and if this is God, what's behind all of that? If this is God, and, 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 and if I believe and trust in God, then even if I'm bowing down to my brother, it's going to be a good thing because God is behind this. You see? You see? But the devil gets in there and turns them into dream killers to the point of literally wanting to kill their brother. Literally wanting to kill them. Joseph, again, he shared the dream the second time with his brothers and fathers, and the father angered him and uh, angered them. The dream angered them. Joseph had no idea that what fate he was going to befall. 
that his own brothers brothers weren't go, were going to become dream killers. You can remember that God, uh, remember that God gives us dreams in order that we may know and see hope for our future. But dreams also become fuel to keep us going forward, even when we don't see anything happen. Remember that part there, all right? And even when things don't seem to be working, when things seem to be working against that dream. So in other words, if you have this unction from Holy Spirit and you have this dream and you know that God is going to get you to a particular point, you have to hold on to that. Even though things that may come along may deter that or may seem like it wants to slow you down or may make you feel like it's just not going to happen. You remember that if God is saying to you that this is where you're going to be at some point in time, you've got to hold on to that. And don't let anyone, anything, any circumstance get your eye, get your spiritual eye off of that. Hold on to that dream because that's the other purpose of dreams. It's almost like setting a goal. You have to set a goal, but you've got to hold on to that goal. Even though things may be going in an opposite direction or don't see where they're heading, you don't see how that is contributing towards you achieving that goal. You've got to hold on to that goal. But more importantly, hold on to that dream. God showed Joseph the final outcome of his life in this dream. But God did not really tell him, as I said before, what his journey was going to be like. Sometimes, sometimes people that are coming against you, they have no idea that they are being used to keep you back. As I said, you need to pray for them. You need to stay focused on what God, uh, God has shown you. So now we, we go back to the word of God here and let us pick us. Um, let's pick up on verse 28. OK. Then there passed, then there passed by Midianite merchantmen and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit. And sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now, underline that, they brought him into Egypt. This is where he, how he gets to Egypt. And brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes. In other words, he, he was upset because he looked down in the pit, Joseph wasn't there. He's probably thinking, uh-oh, oh crud, now what? Okay, this wonderful plan that we had, all of a sudden, Joseph is not there. Verse 29, and Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes, and he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I whither shall I go? Where shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. Here we go, more conspiracy. Dipped the, the coat in the blood, and they sent the coat to many, a coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. Now, what kind of a conspiracy is that? Now they've gone, they're getting deeper and deeper in this thing. Now they're going to pretend and tell the father that his son is dead by sending him a, his, that, that wonderful coat of many colors, sending him a bloodied coat, making the father think that his son is dead. These people, man, they're going to burn in hell or something. I mean, this is, this is really getting outrageous. 33. And he knew it and said, it is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without, without doubt rent in pieces. In other words, Joseph is torn, torn in pieces without a doubt. Joseph rent his clo- and Jacob, sorry, rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all of his sons uh, and all of his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus the father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh and captain of the guard. So here we see now they went from bad to worse. When we get hold of a God dream, we literally become a moving target for the enemy because the God dream is not one that only prospers us, but really makes a way for others to be blessed. When God is bringing you into one of his God-given dreams, it's not only a a thing for you, but it's, it's going to be something that will many times bless others that are around you. But those that are around you, they don't see that. They don't see any prospect of how where God is going to promote you to could wind up blessing them. There is no way that the enemy wants the God dreamer, you, to make it to the end. And so in an effort to, to, to change the dream or to stop the dream, he will set up obstacles and hindrances to keep us from seeing it become a reality. And those obstacles can be in the way of people or other circumstances. Joseph had the end result from God that he would be a great leader and his family would one day bow down to him 
As the journey to the fulfillment of his dream begins, it is not without major obstacles, as we'll see. <coughs> Go to Genesis 39. Okay, so we're at the point now where, where the father thinks he's dead. The brothers know what they did. They don't know where Joseph is. Okay, and we go to 39. As I said in starting out, God gave him a dream, what the end result was going to be, but he did not tell him about the journey along the way. So in, in 39, starting with verse number one, <clears throat> and talking about obstacles. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which he had brought him down hither, thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Underline that, please, because it's important. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Now here he had been thrown into this pit, taken away. And now he lands up there in Egypt, but yet still Joseph never gave up on God, and it says that God was with him. And because of the fact that God was with him, he prospered. Verse number three says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had to put his hand, to put into his hand. So underline or put a bracket around the, uh, of that verse also three. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. So now here he is, all of a sudden here, the person that he's working for. Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and made him overseer. Because of the fact that Joseph didn't give up, he was thrown into the pit. He knew what his brothers did to him. Okay? He, he was, was, was sold off. And he went there. And because of the fact that he did not give up on God, the person that was over him saw, gee whiz, well, this young man must have something. I'm going to promote him up. Well, the same thing happens to us. When those obstacles come our way that seem like they may be um, hindering that dream, when those obstacles start coming in, it seems like they may be canceling out that vision. You have to continue being with God and let God be with you. Because God will then in turn wind up making you, um, those that are, are overseeing you or those that are around you or over you, you will wind up finding favor in their sight. Because they will all of a sudden notice, gee, was there something different about that guy? There's something different about that gal. I don't know quite what it is, but I know one thing. Everything that she does here, everything that he does here, it winds up becoming a good thing. And because of that, the business is prospering or we're achieving our goal in the company or we're doing this, we're doing that. Everything just seems to be going right. Hmm. Maybe I better do something for that guy. Maybe she needs to be promoted up. Maybe I need to put her or him in a place that she can influence these other people that work for me. Hmm. There's something about that, you see. But the person that has the dream and all of a sudden the obstacles start coming in there and, and people start coming against him or her and they're not they're, they're seeing all of a sudden that dream that they're looking at, like, you know, in the cartoons or in some special effects video. You see that dream just kind of melting away, just starts crumbling down. Well, if that's you and you have that dream, then all of a sudden the devil is one because you're not following God. And because of the fact that you've lost that dream, you've lost um, reaching for and striving for that dream, then that hinders you in your path. Because then you're not doing your best. Then, then, then those that are around you will not see the presence of God in your life. This guy saw the presence of God in Joseph's life. He saw it. He said, huh, I better promote him up. Verse number five goes on to say, And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Underline that, please. It came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord, uh, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. OK, so because of the fact that he lifted up Joseph. And promoted Joseph, this Egyptian, this heathen, he certainly was not a believer, but all of a sudden he became blessed. He became blessed. And it's the same thing with us. When we are sticking to, <coughs> excuse me, when we, are, when we stick to the, the God-given dream that he's given us and we don't give up, 
when we know that God has indeed said, this is where I'm going to be. And I'm not sure what the journey is going to be like. All I know is I'm going to stick to him. I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not going to stammer for one minute. I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stand strong. Any obstacle that comes my way, I'm going to take it to the Lord. But I still have this dream. I know what God told me. I have the vision as clearly, clearly as, you, as you believe in my head. I know where I'm heading. And you can hold on to that. <coughs> Excuse me. Those that come in, in contact with you and, and, and embrace you and wind up promoting you up along the journey, they in turn will be blessed. But many times they don't see that. Okay. Many times they don't see it. <coughs> oh, excuse me. He continues here in verse number six. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. In other words, he let, let Joseph just control everything. He didn't know, no, he didn't even take an accounting of what he had except the bread that he had to eat. <laughs> and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Underline well favored. <coughs> excuse me. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast eyes, cast her eyes upon Joseph. And he said, she said, lie with me. Now, talk about obstacles coming your way. When you have a dream, a God dream, the devil pulls out all stops. There's nothing too low for him. Okay. So what the devil oftentimes do, he will go and try to attack your most basic instincts. Joseph is a human being and he's a young man. Okay, so what does he do? He sends this woman. Come lie with me. Now, talk about obstacles. God told Joseph where he was going to be. God stayed with him the whole time thus far. And being that Joseph didn't turn from God and God was with him, Joseph was rising up. And all of a sudden, this woman comes at him. Okay. Here God gives you this vision. And here you are in the workplace, let's just say. You're being promoted up. And you've got God with you. The devil sees that. Then all of a sudden, what does God, what does the devil do? He appeals to more of your more basal instincts. For a guy, it's another woman. For a woman, it could be another guy. All of a sudden, he or she comes sashaying by and makes all sorts of propositions. Now, to go that route, obviously, you'd have to get your mind off the Lord. So the devil appeals to those most basic things to, to tempt you away from realizing your God vision. Now, it wasn't just any old gal. It was the very man that lifted him up. His wife that the devil sends. The devil got into her and made her come across like this. Okay? Come lie with me. Verse number eight. But he refused. Underline he refused. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold. My master, my, my master, what if not that uh, what is with me in the, in the house and he has committed all that he has into my hand. In other words, the master has given everything that he has to me to oversee and everything. And he says in nine, verse number nine, there is none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but you because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Underline or highlight that. He's saying, here's the man <coughs> that showed me such favor and promoted me up. How can I repay that by turning around and sleeping with you, his wife? He honored God. He honored who he is in God. He didn't give in to that temptation. Now, some, some would have probably thought, oh boy, you know, this is the master's, this is the boss's wife. Boy, oh boy, if I go and get with her, man, Jesus, you'd be on my side. I can really start climbing up the ladder after that. Start thinking a real devilish, demonic type way of, of getting to the top. But Joseph did what, did what a godly man would do. He refused her and told her, no way. How can I sin against God? And it came to, it came to pass here in verse number 10, it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. You see? Now, again, that's how those obstacles and those God killers will come. They won't just try one time to destroy your, your dream. They'll come against you many, many times over and over and over again. The devil can be persistent. You see, you see now, now, thank God you won't have a woman or a man chasing after like you like that. God forbid to steal your dream. Amen. But it could certainly be in the form of something else that's just trying to destroy that dream. Just coming after you day by day by day. 
A neighbor down the street, someone on the job already, or someone, someone, a family member, just bringing anything to get your mind, get your eye off of, off of what God is saying uh, is going to come to happen with you. Okay, it go, goes on to say um, in verse number 11, And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there, uh, there within. Uh-oh, went into the house and he was by himself. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Because here he was in the house by himself, and boy, now she's getting desperate. She's going to grab this dude by the clothes and whatnot and say, come on, let's go. And he ran and left his clothes behind. <laughs> Amen. He ran and left his clothes behind. Okay. Talking about somebody having some strength and believing that he was not going to sin against God. I mean, how much fortitude did that take? Amen. How much fortitude did that take? How many times would the devil send something your way that would take you away from the God dream that you have, that would tempt you away from that? Just for a few moments of pleasure or for something that you feel would be worth having or worth going after. Amen. You see, now, replace this woman with any other thing that would get your eyes off of God. It doesn't, just have, it doesn't have to be part of a wife type of human being. It could be anything that would distract you from God but would seem to be appealing to you at the time. You see? You see? And, 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 and the devil knows you. His demonic... Minions are around you. He knows the things that you like. He knows the things that you fear. He knows what your hot buttons are. He knows what to say or what to have happen in your life just to to get your attention. You know? Maybe not Potiphar's wife for me. A big strawberry shortcake. (laughs) All right? You see the point that I'm making? Anything that, that, that might be a weakness to you while you're looking at this God dream, this is all of a sudden is what will come your way. Joseph wasn't thinking about Potiphar's wife. I'm sure she, he was surprised it could be out of the blue she comes with this proposition. Joseph was, was a God man. He, he was a believer in God. God was with him. All he wanted to do was do what, to do what God wanted him to do. He wanted to please God. He had no idea this woman was going to come out of the blue. This dream killer. Amen. But the devil sent her. So now the devil is persistent. That's the way he is in your life. When you've got things that you're dreaming for, things that you're hoping for, things will come from all sorts of directions or every single time you think you're getting closer, there will be another obstacle or something will happen that will seem to take you away from achieving that dream. All right? But you've got to hold on to that. You've got to hold on to that and and realize that when God says he's going to get you to a place, he's going to get you there. God may not spell out every single journey. He may not spell out every single um, quote-unquote failure, every single quote-unquote setback or something that doesn't materialize. Just hold on to the fact where God said you're going to be. That's all. Okay? If God says, I'm going to send you to Miami, Florida, and you got barely got two nickels to rub together, and you know it's God. Oh, gee, I ain't got no MasterCard. I ain't got no Visa. I ain't got no American Express. You know, I ain't got no cash. How am I going to get a plane ticket? How am I going to get there? Well, that's God's business. If God says he's going to get you to Miami, Florida, just rest in the fact that that's where you're going to wind up. And don't worry about the journey along the way. When the apostles were being set forth, sent forth, he said, go forth and don't take anything with you. He said, don't take a script, which is a bag. Don't take anything. Just pick up and just go. And they were provided for every step of the way. So on this God, God dream that you have, you've got to hold on to it if you know it's God's dream. And the trick is knowing that it's God's dream. And you know in your spirit when Holy Spirit is giving you something and saying this is what God wants you to do. You know it. Okay. Many times God has given you confirmation along the way, but you need to just focus on that God dream and hold on to, and, don't, and, and rebuke those God killers. Rebuke the, Potiphar, the Potiphar's wife that would come your way. Amen. Amen. And so it says there now, um, verse 12 again, and he caught him by his garments saying, lie with me. And he left his garments in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, see, he has brought in, he has brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. Underline that, please. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. All right? 
And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. So now he's saying that he came in there to rape me. He came and attacked me. You see, I got his garment in my hand. And when I screamed out, he ran. This is obviously not what had happened, you see, but again, this is how the devil works. So this other obstacle now where Joseph had this dream where he was going to wind up being greatly in charge and family members and others bowing down, and all of a sudden now he's being threatened from within. So now the devil, after he couldn't trap him into this, the devil is now has this woman just out and out lying. Many times in our lives, you will find that when you have this God dream, when you have this vision, And you're trying to get there. Along the journey, there could be obstacles where people have actually lied about you. Where people have done and said things in an effort to just bring you to where they want to get you. We just have to keep focused on God. Have to keep focused on that God dream. All right? Because the devil will get in there to and bring along these God killers. I can't think of anything much worse than this ever happening, but it happens today in modern civilization, in modern society. It happens today in the modern workplace, where things happen, where people lie or concoct stories, conspire, if it, if it will, to bring you down to where they want you to be, to take you away from where God is sending you. All right? Now, he had a, sort of a minor setback, if you will. I mean, even though he didn't give in to this woman, but he had to flee. He had to flee. All right. And it gets more interesting in going from here. And so he lies. She lies, rather, and says in verse 15 again. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment. She uh, she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. So put the garment by her until her husband came home. And she spake unto him, according these words, saying, the Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled. So it came about that when I screamed, uh, he left his garment and fled. And it came to pass, verse 19, it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Now, so the master got very mad. Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. All right. So we see there now that even in spite, even with all that was going on there, he was still in favor. He put him in jail. And what happens? The jailer. He finds sight in the eyes of the jailer. You see, when God is with you and when you are with God, there's no stopping you. No matter what the circumstances is going to be, the circumstance winds up being, you will be in favor. Because God will promote you and keep you in favor. God will always provide and, and to bring you to his end game. To his end game. Okay? It says that the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. So isn't that weird? I mean, here he winds up getting thrown into prison and he gets promoted. He becomes the head of the prisoners. <laughs> All right. There's no stopping him because God is with him. All right. But Joseph, in the meantime, what if Joseph had started envisioning that dream? Well, wait a minute, God, you said that my chief was going to be tall and these others were going to be bowing down to me and so on. What happened to that? I mean, here I am in prison, Lord. Him in prison. What happened to this dream? Okay. What happens to, to us when we start, st- start thinking back, well, gee whiz, God, you know, you showed me that this was going to happen. You told me that this is where I was going to wind up. But now look at me. I'm nowhere near that. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in a prison or I'm in doing something that I would rather not be doing. Do you take your eyes off of God or do you keep your eyes on that vision, on that God dream that he gave you? Amen. Amen. Because things in life will indeed go that way, where there will indeed be obstacles there that will seemingly be putting you far off base from getting to where your dream showed you that you're going to wind up. All right. But who do you believe? Who do you wind up trusting? Who do you believe and who do you wind up trusting? Joseph was in prison, but God still was with him and he prospered. And now to show you again, just I'm kind of moving fast in this. Go to uh, 41. Chapter 41, 
And we'll see here where Joseph, again, gets promoted. By the way, when he, when he was in prison, and you can, you can read the, uh, the text uh, in between where we're going now. And while he was in prison, he, prison, he wound up prospering and wound up some other people uh, got out of difficulty because he was there and so on. In verse number 39, and Pharaoh said, 41 verse 39, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art, as wise as you. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. So he said, in other words, you're going to be in charge of my whole household, all of my affairs. The only place that I'm going to be above you is in the throne. In other words, I'm not going to make you king. But everything other than that is under your control. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, see, I have set thee over the land of Egypt. He was over the whole land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. So he took his own ring off. Here's a guy. Brothers got jealous, threw him in a pit, conspired to have him sold as a slave. They really wanted to get rid of him. All right. He said he told him what the dream was, that you're going to wind up bowing down. Your sheets will bow down. And now all of a sudden here he is, resisted part of his wife. Temptation to be pulled away from God. And now look at him. Okay, the king is giving him his ring and, and, and jewels or gold chains about his neck. And he made him to hide, of uh, uh, 43, and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. All right? So here, talking about achieving a dream, I mean, here he is, and the dream is not fully culminated yet. But you can see how holding on to God and keeping, keeping close to God and not giving up on God, that Joseph is being promoted up left and right. And now he's like the number two man over uh, in control of the entire country of Egypt. Then we go to verse 45. I'm sorry, chapter 45. Sorry, chapter 45. Okay, and if you read the other scriptures there, you'll see that all of the various things that wound up happening. And, are, um, and then his brothers wind up coming his way. Okay, his brothers wind up coming into Egypt. 45, chap- uh, verse number 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. So in other words, by this time, his brothers were brought before him. They wound up coming, having to come before Joseph. Okay. And he wept aloud. In other words, he sent everybody out of the room except his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? In other words, is dad still alive? And his brethren could not answer him. For they were troubled at his presence. I bet they were. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years... Has the famine been in the land? And yet there are five years in which there shall be neither earring nor earring nor host. No, no, I'm sorry, nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a prosperity, prosperity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So in other words, he's saying that God sent me in advance because he knew that they were, God knew that they were going to wind up being in Egypt at that there would be this famine. When he went to Egypt and, and uh, the king, the pharaoh, set him in command, Joseph was excellent with business, so to speak. He wound up bringing that country along and they were prospering and so on. So what he's saying to them is that you didn't realize, but God was raising me up to go before you, to go in advance of you, to prepare things for where you are now and for where you're going to be. OK, you see. In the God dream, the God vision where God may have you doing, others that are around you may not have the faintest idea that way where you may wind up, you may wind up being in a position that will benefit them. 
But at the time, they don't see that. All they want to do is to stop you. They want to hinder you from achieving that God vision. You don't know what God has in that future, why he wants you in that particular place. God may want you in that particular place because maybe someone is going to, to come along that he's been trying to save or trying to draw to him for years or whatever. And God wants you there because that person is going to come across you. And at that time, God is going to have you to say and do certain things you don't know. You don't know what, what, is, going to, um, what is, is going to be the result of you being where God wants you to be, whether that is a, 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 a position or whether it is a physical location. Whether it is being with a boss that has some influence over some area where where you are there to guide that particular boss, to guide that individual. I mean, you just don't know. Okay, Joseph surely didn't know. All God told him in a dream was these sheaves, you're the the tall sheaves and these other sheaves are going to be bowing down. That's all he knew. He did not know about Potiphar's wife. He didn't know about being put in jail. He did not even dream that the Pharaoh, where he was going to, where he was, I mean, I'm sure he didn't even dream, well, how am I going to get to Egypt? Why am I, God said these sheaves bowing down, why am I going to be, how am I going to get to Egypt? He didn't think of it. He didn't even know any of that was going to happen. All he did was hold true to God. All he knew that while I'm in this prison, Lord, if I'm here, I know that you're here with me. Okay, while this woman, this crazy woman is pursuing me, I know that you're here with me and I'm going to do what you would want me to do, not what she wants me to do. You see, so that's what the dreams of today are like is holding on to what you know that God wants you to do and not letting anything, anything, anything stand in the way. And then he goes on to say here, uh, I'll, I'll do seven again. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not it was not you that sent me here, but God. Okay, underline that, please. So it was not you that sent me here, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord to all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Okay, so even though while they are the ones there now that they're kicking themselves and they're afraid because they said, gee whiz, we sold him into slavery and now he wound up into Egypt. And what he's saying is, it wasn't you that sent me to Egypt. God sent me here. Okay, you see, so while you may think that you're going to wind up someplace because of some other circumstances, you if you're following God and doing what God is wanting you to do, you're going to wind up there because God has sent you there. Not because not because of some other things that some man made to happen for you. Okay, he said, God has sent me here. And then it goes on to say, haste ye and go up to to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son Joseph. God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me. Tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. And thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will and, and there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine. Underline that. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine. Okay. So because of the fact that their brother Joseph was there. And was like the number two in command. Now he had the ability to bring his family there. And while there was going to be famine in the rest of the land, Joseph will now make sure that they are fed. You see? Yes, so they're the ones that tried to kill him. They were the ones that were the God killers, the dream killers. They were the ones that tried to kill Joseph's dream, tried to do away with him. You see? But Joseph still held fast. He did not give up. Now he's in a position to do for them, those that were trying to do him harm. Okay? And there I will nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, unless thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is, uh, that it is my mouth that speaks unto you. And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that you have seen. And you shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother's Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. Okay. And then you see here, um, uh, uh, because, of, because of that, now they wound up being, being uh, we'll, we'll be able to eat and be prosperous. Many times the realities of life, many times the realities of life um, begin to stifle our feelings of being winners. However, God created us with an imagination so that he can give us the blueprint of our lives because we don't know what direction he may be having us to go. The enemy of our soul knows that God will write his plans in our imagination. The enemy of our spirit knows that God will give us dreams. 
So he works tirelessly to ensure that we stop dreaming and believing God for a good future. He brings pressures many times, he disappointments and even potential failures to stop us from uh, being, uh, 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 being the receiver of what God has in plan for us. He wants to take away the beautiful future that God has in store for us. And just real quickly, we're going to read just four verses. We'll go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. And you see here where it said where the chief had him, had them bowing down to him. That's exactly where they were at at this point. Because Joseph is the one that is in command and they in essence are bowing down to him. Because he is in a position to save them from starvation. Ephesians 1 verse number 15. Keeping our eyes on God. Verse number 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus... And love unto all the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Please underline, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Underline, please, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, underline his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, underline to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. For above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Okay, so the Apostle Paul there was very aware of lies that the enemy would try to get into our minds. So he specifically specifically prays for the church in Ephesus that the eyes of their heart or their imaginations would be enlightened. That they might know the wonderful things that God has in store. And that's what you need to pray also. That you may come to understand what God has in store. He prays for the eyes of the imagination to be enlightened because that is where God writes his plans for us. If you get to the point where you can't, you can't, you can't dream or you can't even begin to imagine what God has in store for you. Or to think that the dream that you have or the vision that you have for your life is just too great for you to achieve, then you need to have your eyes of your spirit enlightened. You need to be enlightened as to what God can do for you. All right? Because when God has a plan, he's got a plan. You know, but many times we are just so, we're not bold enough to believe it. You know, we are the children of God. You know, the funny thing is, is that, is, is that the world or non-believers are bold enough to go after dreams. You know, you can go to many management type seminars and they will talk about having dreams and making your dreams and your goals come true and so forth like that. But the difference between them and what the word of God is saying is that they are saying to achieve those dreams and goals absent God, without God. They're not saying to have God involved. But non-believers believe in the fact of achieving dreams and having dreams and achieving them. The children of God, just, we just kind of waste away letting fear of failure, letting disappointments and letting obstacles kill our dreams. So I say to you today, I dare you to dream. I dare you. I dare you to believe what God is saying that he has in store for you. I dare you to believe in that God-given dream and to not stand and be held, let yourself be held captive or hostage, you know, to things that will happen in this life to try to deter you from keeping faith in that what God is showing you will come to pass. God wants to write on your hearts the plans he has for you. Uh, Why not become like a child? Simply become like a child again. Don't try to reason it away, you know. Kids get caught up in their imaginary worlds where they feel safe or where they become heroes and do so forth like that. Why can't you believe that God has the same thing in plan for you, in mind for you, you know. And it's never too late. Remember Joel said that old men will dream dreams. Well, guess what? It's not just the old men, you know, will dream dreams. Everyone here in this sanctuary can dream dreams. There's still untapped possibilities within you. There's a new beauty within you that's just waiting to be born if you let God just birth it in you. And only you can make that decision to resurrect those God-given dreams with the help of the Holy Spirit and to make the future beautiful for you. So I dare you to dream. I dare you to dream. Let's say this prayer together. Close your eyes. Lord, help me today to dream again. 
Holy Spirit, please remind me of the plans my God has for my future. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dreams that the devil tries to destroy are like our Red Seas, but God can get you through. When God led Israel through the wilderness going to the promised land, the same thing holds true for us. God has a dream for you in the form of your promised land. We all have promised land. You've heard me say that before. And God will get you there, but there will be challenges and obstacles in the way. But the same way God sustained Israel for all of those years in going through the wilderness to get to their promised land, God will sustain you and keep you in the same way. So don't let any of those dream killers come your way. The dreams that you have, keep them to yourself. Don't be so quick to share them. Don't run the route that Joseph went in telling his brethren where anyone else telling their brethren that he probably figured that they would be pleased and delighted to hear what he was saying. Even his own father, you know, but he, he, he just kind of said it, said that he observed what he was saying. So he was listening to. You may want to go through and read the whole account and go, go through the chapters that we kind of jumped over. But you'll see Joseph's path, Joseph's path along that way to becoming to where he was. Amen. Amen. So hold on to that dream. Be a, be a, be, be a dreamer. Let God give you that dream and hold tightly on to it. Right. Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you. Now, before we close, let's honor God with our tithes and offerings.